Welcome to Sober Holly, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Hey, welcome, Sober Holics. Had to point at myself there if you're watching the video. So, welcome back. We're here for another episode in the studio with Roger Bowes. Not Boaz. Not Boaz. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was Boaz for years. Everybody has. I've had so many friends that try to, well, that, that do call me Roger Boaz, and I never correct them. Because even when I got married, I told my wife, don't even correct just them. Just let it ride. Everybody's going to say that. You know what's weird is people mess my last name up. They're like, Ross? How do you I'm like, mess Rice. Rice up? Well, that's the way uh, Dakota's gotten used to this. Whenever she says, my name's Dakota Rice, she's like, Rice, just like the food. It's just the way. I, just, I, would never, I mean, that's like Smith. How do you mess? I don't know. I've been saying rice just like the food since I was like six. Well, I guess anyway. what it is. So we got some cool things yeah, on the horizon uh, here. huh? Well, one thing I want to kind of get to before we get into the content today is something that we're going to be a part of this year, and it's going to be uh, Saturday, February the 29th uh, from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock. And it? it's the addiction or end addiction in heroin Birmingham fourth annual walk in heroin Birmingham. Yeah, and um, for people who are local, they're very aware of this. Um, oh yeah, it's a know, big. Of course, thing. it's the fourth annual, so there means there's been three other ones. But yeah, I mean, the few I've been to, there's been I don't know three to four thousand people that have been showing up at that. So it's been really good. But uh, the best of my understanding, they are changing the venue. It had been at Railroad Park, and this year they're moving it to Veterans Park in Hoover. And um, if anyone's interested in being a part of that, you can walk um, in memory of someone mm-hmm. or for someone or for yourself. Um, you can get tickets to that at inheroin.org. Again, that's inheroin.org. And there's a lot of ways you can contribute contribute to it. But it's put on by the Addiction Prevention Coalition, and we're going to have um, their executive director. I think that that's his correct title. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, he'll be in here in a few weeks to speak with us. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the pictures from that event, and I've always like I've always a couple of times I've tried to make it and I couldn't make it work. So I'm excited about going this year. Um, it's going to be thousands of people out there trying to raise awareness for addiction opiate crisis all that all that stuff there'll be a ton of resources there yeah, that's what i love about the apc the addiction prevention coalition is that um they've kind of united a lot of recovery fronts fronts together so that we can just really just make a statement and remove that stigma and so you'll see different ways of getting sober um with whatever you may be struggling with yeah and there's so many great resources that are available now that weren't available even when I got sober six and a half years ago, like uh, the Recovery Resource Center. I mean, there's there's a lot of different resources that, you know, are helping to fill all the different puzzle pieces in when somebody's trying to seek help. Right. So, yeah, um, if you're interested in that, go do that. And also, for those of you who have been listening to our page or looking at our page on Facebook and have shared that with your friends, thank you. If you haven't, and you you can always do that. It's not too late. Yeah. And um, I know we just got a new iTunes review, which was a Yay! blessing to us. Well, we really appreciate those, right? Oh, yeah, all of them. They help us. I mean, yeah, even the bad ones. I don't think we've got a bad no, one yet. No, not yet. 
Um, it's coming. Don't though. leave us a bad one. <laughs> Somebody's gonna go leave a bad one just to see it on there. Yeah, we don't have enough good ones to give us a bad one yet. So give us the good ones. Yeah. But yeah, um, anyway, that anyone can share our page or you know subscribe to our, our podcast. That's great. It's a it's a great way for us to to get to to more people, and we appreciate those things. But yeah, what are we talking about today? All right, today we are talking about brokenness. Yeah, so I know a lot about this topic. I know, right? And so we're, um, you know, we're all the the title is we're all damaged goods. And uh, whenever I went to the the rehab I went to in New Orleans, most of our teacher, a lot of the teachers that we had there were great, but there was one guy who was kind of a standout teacher to me, and he was a pastor, but who was also a clinical um, therapist too, like he had his counseling degree and everything, mm-hmm. and so he mixed all that in in together. But he would always start off the classes by saying, "You're all damaged goods," mm-hmm. and and it was hard for like people did not like him at all. Like I'm not damaged. I won't say people hated him, but every time we got out of his class, they were just like, "I don't like him," you know. Because he was telling them the truth, you know, and um, I, but I, I loved his class, and I remember thinking then, like, yes, I'm damaged goods because I'm homeless right now. Obviously, something is wrong. Something is definitely wrong. I didn't right slide now. off a rainbow into this place, you know, and so I think I think brokenness, as far as from a recovery standpoint, I think brokenness and powerlessness. I mean, they are interchangeable, and so. Uh, kind of getting a working definition of what brokenness is and how it's different from powerlessness, I think that's where we should kind of start. So I got the the um, dictionary's version of what brokenness is. Webster's. Webster's, yep. And so it's it's obviously not, it's a physical definition of it, but I think you can convert it to a spiritual definition of it too. But it's the the definition is, uh, brokenness is something that's reduced to fragments or fragmented. It's ruptured or torn or fractured or not functioning functioning properly or out of working order. And so I like the last one the best, not functioning properly and out of working order because that's, that's what I am a lot of times. It's funny when you was reading that, you, you said fractured, and I was going to go, well, that means broken. <laughs> right, yeah. How about that? I, li- I like the definitions where they're like, the act of being broke, like brokenness is defined as the act of being broken. I'm like, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah that was that was Genius. Yeah. I'm glad I looked that up. But, you know, the, the world sees brokenness as something bad, you know. Um, you see this in people's relationships, you know, you... You probably know somebody, or maybe even you experienced something like divorce. You know, your your relationship became broken, and instead of trying to, uh, you know, seek out healing in it, and maybe one person just gave up on the other, we see this in the world, and we see this in, within churches too. You know, whenever something is broken, we just want to throw it out and just get a new one. Yeah, kind of like the recliner you gave me. It was broken, and I just got to <laughs> throw it away now. <laughs> That's not my fault. You were here, and you could have examined yeah, the thing. It just broken. There's no, there's no use for it anymore. But it wasn't broken. That's you how people broke feel, though, right? And when you become broken, you feel like you're worthless. Right. And there's there's no value left in you. Yeah, 
Yeah, and what's what's awesome about recovery and about the kingdom of God is that's not the case with God's kingdom. You know, something that's broken, it still has worth. And as we'll talk about later on, I think it even has more worth. I wish I'd use that verse right now, but it talks about beauty in the ashes, beauty from ashes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have that one in here. Because but that, that, that kind of fits here. It does. So you'll have to go look that up if you're I'll have listening to go look to this. that up, yeah. So there's yeah. probably somebody listening that goes, I know what that one is. It's this. So, tell, me, tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, send us a – we'll just look it up later. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's easy to look at the world and realize that Everyone and everything is broken. It's not hard. All you got to do is just be paying attention to the news for about 30 seconds, and you can see that everything is broken. Everyone has some kind of brokenness in their life. And so I think a lot of people just don't want to admit it, and I think a big reason is pride. You know, it's like I think whenever – you know, you're you're passing somebody or or you're talking to an acquaintance or you're at church and you're just passing in the hallway and you're, hey, how is everything? Oh, I'm fine. When you know it's not fine, you know, especially if you know they're struggling with something, why do we do that? Why do we always say everything's fine? Why do we want to act like we have it together when we know that nobody does? I really believe it's because we don't want to show anyone weakness. And, you know, if we tell someone there's a struggle going on in our life that we are broken, then people would maybe find a way to take advantage of us. And so for that reason, no, it's all good over here. Everything's great. How about you? Because when we show brokenness, do you think it's we're we're being vulnerable? Yeah. I mean, that's the weakness that I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I just never really – I didn't used to. Now it's become common for me to talk about my brokenness. Yeah, I mean, to me and you, it's normal now to be like, I'm struggling with this. Um, I've messed up in this area of my life. I need some healing there. I don't know what to do. You know, and we'll talk about that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we have our recovery meetings that we go to that it's just, it's common culture to discuss things that you struggle with, things that you're broken about. And the brokenness that exists in your life all the time in different areas of your life and different levels. Sometimes it's not as bad as other times. Like now in my life, I'm not as broken as I used to be. I don't have that level of brokenness when I first came into recovery. But it's common. It's just common practice for us to be open about how we struggle and how we have brokenness in our life. But for most people, it's not. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because... um like you said earlier, you didn't kind of slide in here off a rainbow. You, you was strung out on heroin, dude. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. You are you were broken. Yeah. And, I, and I've got my own story the same way that looks a little different. But I was broken. I was powerless when I walked in. And so what, it made me think of this because as I've been around churches and I've even been around just family members that don't go to church, that are just really good people. I mean, what about Granny, man? Gran- is Granny broken? You know, yeah. I mean, Granny's broken too. That lovable, <laughs> adorable Granny that yeah, just Mimo. peaches you on the yeah, Mimo, you yeah. know, she's broken too. Yeah. And she's got faults. And she's, even when she says she's fine, she's not fine yeah. all the time. I'm not saying that we just always say that and we're always in this state of struggle. No, there's victory. Right. You know, we, we walk in victory. But there, there is this brokenness that we carry just because we're born from a sinful nature. Right. 
Yeah, and and you don't know. Somebody might look like they have it all together on the outside. They might have a good job, make good money, you know, have all the material blessings that life has to offer, have a family that looks on the outside looking in like it's stable and all together, but you, you don't know what kind of struggles they may be dealing with. They may be dealing with a hurt from 20 years ago that is still a a a raw and sore, you know, broken spot in their heart. So you just you can't you can't just judge a book box cover on with that because a lot of times that cover is just a mask, right? Because yeah. you said that made me think of what about um, I, I ran into this with a lot of my own personal friends that you know they look like they've got it together, they've got a really nice house, new car, their kids may be going to private school. I'm just kind of throwing off some of the the big things we think what it looks like all sure. together, but they're carrying around tons of debt that they don't really talk about the oh, debt, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that, I feel like that's kind of like brokenness. We look on the outside like we got it all together, but on the inside is the story that nobody wants to share. Yeah, carrying around a lot of baggage that nobody else can see, right. but you know is there. So yeah, it's uh, just I, I think I think if if people were more willing to admit the brokenness that exists in their life, the struggles that exist in their life, I think it would leave room for God to start the healing process in their life. So, so uh, you know, and another thing is not only is everybody broken, but uh, I think broken, being broken can even be better than something that's new. So check this out. The Internet taught me this. This is really cool. So in Japan, um, they have this whole restoration process that they call... Kensuji? Kensuji? I was waiting on you to pronounce that. I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, what it is, here's what it is. They take broken pottery. You're loving this, too. I've seen this before. Yeah. I know this. They're taking broken pottery that's all broken, and they'll they'll piece it back together, but then they'll take, like, gold um, gold paint, and they'll, or, like, glue with gold, like, whatever gold dust or gold um, leaf or whatever that is, and they'll join it back together with actual gold. And I saw some pictures of it, and it's beautiful, you know. It looks like it was made like that, like they did it on purpose. So the outcome of this is that the piece actually becomes more valuable than it was before when it was new. And I was like, man, that is... That is deep. That is so it, cool. It is deep. Yeah. That is so cool that they take something that's broken and that most people would see as worthless, and then they they bring it back together and they make something new out of it that's worth even more than before it was broken. And I feel like that is a a perfect picture of what God can do in the life of somebody who is ready to admit that they're broken and ready to give their brokenness to God and start the healing process that, that we, we start in recovery and can start to get victory and healing in those parts of their life that is broken, that they can even become more valuable than they were before because then God can use them to help other people. I'll, I'll give you an example yeah. of how that is in my life. You know, just as you're saying this is when I first walked into recovery, I felt worthless because I was broken. Like I said earlier, there was no value in my life because I had done so many horrible things. And 
And those things may not have been even horrible to other people, but to me they were horrible, and I dealt with that, although everybody didn't know what was going on inside of me, right? Um, but then as I, I worked through some steps, I, I gained – well, I gained my value in Christ. I saw I saw myself how Jesus saw me, and he he used all that baggage from my past, pieced it together like you're talking mm-hmm. about, and made a good thing out of it. You're like, what's good about all these tragedies you've experienced? Well, now I share as I travel around different churches and, and speaking and get, share my testimony, I'm sharing hope to other people. So there's value in that. In fact, it's of more value now than it was in the past. And so God took all of that and made me better today. And I've got a purpose today, and I didn't have a purpose 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, for me in my own life, with my re- recovery journey, it's like, you know, I had been sober for uh, several years, you know, and then I relapsed. And because of that relapse, I went to the rehab down there in New Orleans. And now, looking back on it now, you know, I know it wasn't God's plan in his plan for me to relapse. But seeing how he took that brokenness of my re- that was my relapse and, uh, and where I fell back into drug addiction again, he took that and was able to use it anyway and, and, give me a, a a whole new journey and and reorient my journey to to fit his plan is, is incredible like I, all the different things that would have never happened if I wouldn't have went down there I would have never finished college that would have never happened mm-hmm. I would have never met my wife um and then you know another hour I could go on for another hour of all the different things that would have never happened if he wouldn't take that and restored it but, you know, it was never in his original plan, but he, he took it and made it new again. We had a guy um, recently at our CR group that uh, I got to talk a lot with kind of offline. And through that conversation, he told me that, you know, my story's not like a huge transformation right. like yours. Yeah. And so I, I just didn't think mine was that important. And it, it kind of... Floored me in a lot of ways. He he probably didn't see me, see me be floored, but I thought to myself, "Wow, he didn't understand. He, he struggled with some self image issues, mm-hmm. and there was some weight issues. Uh, he had lost a lot of weight, about forty or fifty pounds, which was amazing for someone like me because I've been trying to lose some weight. So he's an inspiration to me to see that. But this was a Christian guy, like you know, um, deacon in the church. You know, people looked to him as a spiritual leader." And, but, you know, he come to CR and he shared his testimony on a Sunday morning to the whole church. And what was amazing is that he was willing to show other people how broken he was. Mm. And although it wasn't a story of drugs and alcohol, it was a story of how he had kind of walked away from all the goodness God had given him. Even though right. he knew that in his head, yeah. he just had not re- applied it to his heart. Mm-hmm. And to see that change was an inspiration to me. And so I think that we can see, even in that brokenness, that there's still value in it. There's, oh, yeah. It, it, God uses about the all heart. of that. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. Oh, I, yeah. I love it. And then a scripture that I came across uh, talking about being broken is Psalm 147, verse 3. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So we And there's there's a lot of other scriptures that talks about God healing and 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 restoring our our broken hardness um 
But then there's the other flip side of like some of the good things that can come out of a brokenness is there's things that actually need to be broken in our lives. Um, there's things like, and what I'm, I mean, like things that are negative things like character defects that we have that God can, can break and give us brokenness in. And when he breaks them, you know, starting a process of taking them away. Mm-hmm. So like one of those is pride, you know, um, and pride is one of those ones that's like, uh, we talked about humility a, a few, a couple shows ago, and uh, I've always, I've always wondered, can you, can you make yourself humble, or is that something that God has to do? Can I humble myself? Sort of. Ooh, I don't know. That's a deep question. I ain't really... I've always wondered that, and I've asked people that, and they're like, "Oh no, you can humble yourself," and I'm like, "I don't know." Have I ever humbled myself? Well, I don't think I have. I'll give you off the cuff what I would say. I would think that in order to be humbled, something has to humble you. Right. And I believe that, like, for me, it's some of my life that I've been through and to see the goodness of God in my life yeah. and to see how little I really am. Yeah. And so I would say God had to humble me. Now, right. there could probably be an argument that I did that. That I. I, I but Yeah, it's kind of tough to discern but I, I believe that probably god was the he he set that ball in motion for me yeah but we you know i like i like where in uh i think it's mark 10 where the disciples are asking jesus hey you know can we sit who's going to sit at your left hand or right hand side or whatever and you know that was their pride they were wanting power and then jesus was like simmer down now you know right. <laughs> the 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 first among you is the one that's going to be the greatest servant and and who is the last. And so I feel like, I feel like if I think it's a, it's a dangerous thing sometimes to, to get prideful because I know that God is going to break that pride in me and it's probably not going to be um, pleasant. Well, it's kind of like this. I mean, another one of those things is <clears throat> self-will and, I, I believe that God broke my will in a lot of different ways through my actions. I don't think he made me do the things in my life that I did. He allowed me to go through those, and those things allowed me to break my will, uh, to, to see a dependence on him. You and I have been doing some step work, and we've been talking mm-hmm. about some of that. And one of the questions in the work that we were doing is, I'll paraphrase it, but it was like, why are you? how are you not doing God's will? Why are you not doing yeah. God's will? Yeah. And my answer to that was was pride, yeah. you know, because I think that I can do it better than than God. Now I don't ever say that. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's ultimately what I'm saying by not saying it. Mm-hmm. Is I, I think that you know self will is another one of those things that, that has to be broken there. Yeah, and then giving us brokenness over our own sin, um, you know, it. A lot of times I'll go, uh, you know, seasons. And, and long stretches of time where I'm not broken over my own sin. I get callous to it. You know, when you perpetually are, are, are doing something over and over again, you know, you, you get callous to it to where, you you know, you're not, you don't, you, you know you're not going to repent of it because you're just in the middle of doing it. And so you're no longer broken over it. And so, you know, praying and asking God to give you that brokenness um, over your sin and conviction of your sin is the start of actually repenting of that sin and then changing it and, and turning away from it. 
And so um, a, a really good scripture about God giving you brokenness and, and, and shaping you into what he wants you to be through that is Isaiah 64, verse 8. It says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and we are the work of your hand. So you can think of God giving you brokenness over those things as he's molding you in to something more useful, just like back to the pottery thing, the Japanese pottery. He's remaking you and molding you into something that's going to be way more useful than you were ever before. Well, you've said it many times on here, so I'm stealing this from you, but you talk about how you've made small compromises in your life. Yeah. And those compromises really lead into us justifying our sinful behaviors. That's kind of what happens in my life, and I believe happens in in, in every Christian's life. Is you don't wake up wanting to go sin, right? But you say, "Well, it's okay to do this because of this." Yeah. And then, as you said, you just become numb to it, and it becomes okay. And to if we do, we need to be broken from from that cycle. Yeah, of just saying it's okay, yeah. you know, and just being numb to it all. I wish I had wrote this scripture down. I think it's in a psalm. I think David wrote it, and I could be completely wrong with that. But it's something to the fact that he says, Search me, O God, know my heart. Um, test me and show me if there's any wicked way in me. And basically it goes on to talk about how, you know, Lord, just show me show me what breaks your heart. Yeah. And just show me those sinful things in me because I've become so numb to them that I don't even see them anymore. Oh, yeah. Let me see them the way you see them again. And I think that, I know that I need that in my life oh, daily. Yeah. Definitely, me too. Yeah, and I think uh, Psalm 51 is where David is saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within That's me. That's not it, but it, it's, it's... Return to me the joy of my salvation. You talk, I'm going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think, I think you know, having a brokenness over your sin is vital to actually repenting of it because if you don't, well, then you're just going to keep doing it because, you know, we, we, we get into a rut with that. I, I get in a rut with those those type things, and especially with character defects. I'm like, I've been going along like this. It's just kind of easier just to stay in this rut. Psalm 139. Ah, Psalm 139. Yeah. Found it. Google. <laughs> yep, Thank 20, you, Google. I don't know how pastors did it without it. Yeah, they had to look it up. <laughs> they had to know the Bible better probably. <laughs> But then the last thing I want to talk about is um, brokenness is not a spiritual failure. Um, I think it's easy for people to, I think this is one of the reasons why, you know, we like to go around, we like to act like we have it all together. And we want to act like we have lives that are not broken and that are very well put together is because of it's the pride thing, but just because the world sees brokenness as a failure. It sees brokenness as that thing is broken. It's not It's not good anymore. It's useless and worthless, and that's just not the truth. Um, Psalm 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So the Lord is, is close to those who are broken in spirit. And, um, you know, there's there's a ton of scriptures that we, I, we didn't put in here for time's sake. But another one is, a righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. 
Not one of them will be broken. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. And so just because something is broken in our lives doesn't mean that we have necessarily failed spiritually because it could be something that we didn't have any control over, you know, like the death of a loved one, you know, that can break us. You know, those things in life are going to happen. There's things that cause us to struggle and have pain and suffering in life that can just break us spiritually, emotionally, mentally, that we might not have had any kind of control over, but that doesn't mean that it's something that we did where we failed spiritually. And I think some of our listeners really need to hear this because I don't want to cast a stone in any any direction here, but I, I just know that it's easy to walk in and hear the messages your pastor preaches on Sunday or hear what other people say or, or the pastor you're, you're listening to on TV tell you that, you know, if you're a Christian, if you give your life to Jesus, then you'll walk in victory and freedom and joy and and all those things. And those are true statements. But that doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. Right. Um, You know, we're we're taught that we're supposed to be a, a candle and not to be hid, that we're the salt of the earth, all these things. We're different. And, and, and we are. I mean, those are true statements. But that doesn't mean that you're perfect because you become a Christian. Right. And I think there's this misconception that once you become born again as a, as a new believer, that all your problems go away. And if you're, if you are encountering problems, then it's the spiritual failure that you've, that you're not doing something right. Yeah. And that's not true. Oh yeah. You know, we, what we, what we have is now as, as Christians is that we have brothers and sisters around us. We have accountability. That's mm-hmm. what recovery teaches as well, that we can, share our hurts and we can bear one another's struggles and and that's what scripture teaches us and yeah. we miss a lot of those things oh, yeah. because we believe that we've got to be perfect being a christian is not being perfect um i can guarantee you your pastor has done something sinful this week yeah probably and he is a broken person yeah I don't care what he preaches on sunday morning <laughs> he is a broken person and he's made a mistake this week whether he owns up to it, I don't know. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe that gives you a little freedom to know that you don't have to have it all together. But you do, as, as Christians, we need to, to be better. That's sanctification. I believe sanctification and recovery almost go hand in hand. Oh, yeah, We're definitely. trying to get more like Christ. And maybe you're not a believer. You know, maybe you're not the whole Christian guy. Well, then just... Just get a little better today. You yeah. Know, look to look to see how you can make it better and be okay with knowing that you don't have to have it all all together today. Yeah, and I think that's that's where we start. We start by admitting that we don't have it all together and that we there is brokenness that exists in our lives and maybe maybe it is because of actions that we had took in the past and maybe it is a result of some negative choices that we made, some compromises with sin that we made, or maybe it's not. But either way, it is our responsibility from that point on of what to do about it. Do we just act like it's not there and keep living in denial or keep living with a with a callous heart, pretending that it doesn't exist and just continuing on in that brokenness? Or do we admit that we're broken and start the healing process. So if 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 that's you, if you've just not even admitted to the 
that you do have brokenness. That's where you start today is is by getting rid of that denial, admitting, hey, I'm broken. I need help. I need help in this area. I'm struggling with this. And that that makes room for God to actually be able to work in your life. Yeah. And so as, as this closes up, I, I think that those questions you just posed are things that would be a good idea to ask yourself, not yeah. just hear us talk about right. them, yeah. but ask yourself. And if that's you, then make a change today. Do yeah. something different because doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, well, that's insanity. Insanity. Yeah. We don't want to be insane today. Nope. And that was not Albert Einstein that quoted that. It was not that. It was not <laughs> him at all. Well, all right, man, that's another one in the books. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. I think that I realize that I am a broken person, but thankfully I've got guys like you in my life that still speak truth into me and even call me out when I'm doing things wrong. Yeah. So Me too. That's it, man. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.